0: And this morning, it's our assurance. The peace that we have is that Jesus is, is in this house. And we know that uh, we are a group of people that are gathered together in the name of Jesus. And He never fails, He is with us. The blessing of that is no matter where Jesus is, miracles will happen. So, the way we are positioned ourselves today with a heart full of expectancy, Lord, I am here. Uh, in your presence, and I want to see a breakthrough in my life. There's something that I'm battling with, and I, God, I pray that there are moments in my life that I'm anxious about, the situations that throw me off completely, uh, my plans that doesn't work, the things that I have planned for, it's not working. There are moments of despair, you know, and oftentimes if you're living and uh, if you're alive right now, there are plans that we have made and there are plans that have not succeeded. There are plans that have not worked. How, how do we handle those situations? How do we handle those situations? But in one thing we have to understand, as a child of God, no matter what fails in our life, God never fails us. Understand that? No matter what fails in our life, God never fails us. He will never. He will never ever fail us. His promises never fails us right? So in in, in any situation that you might be battling through, it might look like, you know, the entire world is against you and you're all by yourself. But understand, if God is with you, you're still a majority. You might be by yourself facing that struggle, facing that obstacle, running that race by yourself. You think, I wish I had somebody help me. I wish I had somebody, you know, I wish I had extra hands to support me. And I have heard this from moms in our church. They might say, you know, I wish when I do the housework, I wish there were extra hands that supported me. Sometimes I know moms, you feel that way. I support you. I encourage you. Don't be dismayed. It's okay. God is with you. Of course, your cooking God is not going to do it. But um, I, I pray that, you know, your family will come together and support each one of you in that moment. What I'm saying here is, there are going to be moments in our life when we think, you know, I wish I had somebody else helping us. You may not see God right there, but be assured He is with us. He is strengthening each one of us. This morning, as I dive back into uh, the sermon series that we were looking into, uh, we were studying about being uncomfortable. And oftentimes, God shakes our system and our world around uh, in a way that we are completely thrown off God, and we don't know what's going to happen. And we are po- put in a moment of thinking that how am I going to face my tomorrow? What's going to happen in my tomorrow? There are going to be moments in our life when we think that. Oftentimes, God and I read the scriptures to you. That was a flagship verse for the entire series that we were looking into, being uncomfortable. The series that we were looking in, were, and the words that I uh, uh, words that we read for us from De- Deuteronomy which talks about, you know, as Israel, and God talks about that God shifted or shook the nest of Israel that they could fly. And oftentimes God will shake the nest, the comfortable situations around in our world, in our family, in our personal life, in our job, so that you and me, we will aim for something better. Oftentimes when we are comfortable and we are comfortable in a place, God will shake us. And I request that we embrace being discomfort, if it is a discomfort from God, if we embrace it, you and me, we will see something better out of that situation. This morning, and last week, I talked to you about in different portions we were studying, uh, uh, understanding, meditating, and a conversation that I was building in this house, and I hope you are continuing it. And recently, I was visiting with with people, and when I was visiting with them, uh, you know, they were kind of mentioning about the the sermons that we were sharing here. And I'm glad that you are having this conversation in your personal life as you leave this place. The sermon doesn't leave here. You don't leave the sermon in this place, but you take it with you and you practice with it. This morning, I want to bring your attention towards another portion that I have titled as the uncomfortable calling, the uncomfortable calling. In a generation and in a culture today, You know, we come across a lot of people who suggest that, do you find your calling? Do you know what your calling is? In a church setting, if you're being alive in a church setting like ours, uh, or you've been born again in a Pentecostal church and been here for a while, people will oftentimes come and ask you, what does your calling look like? Or if they see you pray once, they might ask you, what is your calling? In a generation today, people ask us and they ask us about our calling. And when they ask us about our calling, you know, it's it's kind of a negative word that we have understood in our personal life. That Why are you so bothered about my calling? Why are you, you know, kind of, why are you putting me down? Why are you pushing me out because, you know, I you you think I don't fit into this calling that you are talking about in a church uh, uh, setting. And here, you know, I want to bring your attention towards as we talk about the uncomfortable calling. Sometimes callings are not comfortable. Most of the times, calling, you know, have you ever had phone calls that are being very uncomfortable? Recently, I was talking to somebody and this person has no basic phone, uh, you know, uh, you know, he doesn't, he can't uh, build a conversation. It was very, very uncomfortable talking. I, I personally experienced that. It's very uncomfortable talking to this person because, you know, it, it, his answers are all that I say. Uh, whatever I ask is, yes, yes and no. Just imagine how do you build a conversation with just yes and no. And I'm like, okay, what do, what do you want me to ask next? Or is there something that you would ask so that we can build a conversation here? Are you, are you trying to understand this? You know, some calling, some phone calls, you know, makes a very uncomfortable. Have you been in those places where you receive some calling or, you know, in a group setting, people ask you to do something and it made you very uncomfortable? You know, we have to understand, you know, in, in, in the scriptures, oftentimes we see God makes His callings uncomfortable in our life. And when we look into 1 Samuel chapter 3, that's the scripture that I want to meditate today. Chapter 3, verse 1 to 10 onwards. As we read 1 through onwards, one through 10, um, as we read, we understand a very familiar scripture portion. And it talks about the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli in those days. The word of the Lord was rare, and there were not too many visions. Now, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was very rare. There were not many visions around at that moment. What we have to understand, we know the background. We know the story of Samuel. We know how Samuel came into picture and what Hannah did. We know all that story. But here is what I want to kept for some time. And I want to bring your attention towards the uncomfortable calling. And when you read through chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, you understand that Samuel was sleeping and that's when the call of God comes to his life. He was resting. And this is my, 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 my first thing that I would like to mention here is sometimes the calling of God comes to us in a place and situation that we want to rest, but God calls us. And it's very uncomfortable in our life. But just imagine Samuel was resting. He was tired. He's resting. Just a boy serving in the temple. But here is God coming out and waking him up from his sleep. Are you with me? From his sleep. And you have to understand, there are moments in my life when God has woke me up from my sleep. I wanted to sleep because I was tired, but he woke me up. He woke me up He pushed me, he compelled me that now is the time I want to pray for certain things. Just just a couple of months ago, you know, I was tired after a few visitings and around 315, 320-ish, the Spirit of God woke me up and I went to upstairs and started praying and God showed me some visions concerning certain things. Stuff that is happening and going to happen. And and, and and he pushed me to pray. And I didn't leave that space. And he made me so uncomfortable during the tired moments of my life. And I request that. You know, understand that God will wake you up. Make you uncomfortable. Because he wants you to have a desire within yourself that you will be somebody who listens, hears his calling. His calling. When God, I have a pastor friend of mine, you know, God woke him up one day in his sleep and God woke him up and wanted him to pray. Real story, listen to this. God wanted him to pray, but this guy was, you know, uh, so lazy that he slept the other side and God woke him up again, and he tried to sleep the other, you you know, have you you ever ever been, you're so tired that you try to find the best position to sleep back again, that you want to wake up, your alarm goes off, and then you want to wake up, but you try to switch that off, and you, you, you sleep again. Have you been in those places? So this pastor friend of mine, he was trying to do the same. What happened was, you know, in his room, an angel of Lord appeared in his room, pushed him down his bed. Just imagine. How that situation could be. Scientific people, it may not be, it's not very easy for you to understand what's happening here. But this man, he had a testimony to share that I was rejecting the call of God in my life and the angel of the Lord pushed me down my cot and I I was pushed to sit and pray for hours. And the Lord just took him into different uh, uh, spiritual encounters in that moment where the Lord took him and showed him some visions concerning what was happening in our church. So what my understanding here is a lot of you, and I'm going very teachy today because I want our church to understand is most of the times, you know, God will shake our systems completely and push you. You might very, you might feel weak in your body. And that's why the Paul would say, yeah, you know what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's why we have to allow the spirit man to have more power over the, the carnal flesh that we have. The flesh is always weak, but the spirit has to grow stronger. Day by day in our personal life as a Christian, as a child of God, our our, our inner man, the spiritual man should find strength as we grow stronger in Christ Jesus. And that's what we see in the book of Samuel. We see and understand the boy Samuel ministered under Eli. And in those days, word of the Lord was very read. What you have to understand here is the word of the Lord was rare, not because God was not there, but because God could now find somebody who could talk on behalf of Him. Are you with me? The word of the Lord has never been rare. God is always there. But He wants to find someone who can stand and speak on behalf of Him. And I request that we understand that if there are people who would come and tell you, oh, did you worship? You stand there with your hands folded, nothing is going to happen. You put your hands together start worshiping and you will see something change in your life. Yes. You lift your hands and start doing things and you will see things changing in around your life. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Are you with me? I'm encouraging some of you. Here in the story we see, and in those days, the word of the Lord was very rare. It's not because God wasn't present, simply because God couldn't find somebody. And that's why God had to wake someone from his sleep. He was a small boy, small boy, but God had to wake him up from his sleep. Because he wanted his word to be present in his generation. And even today, God is looking for some people whom he can wake up from their sleep. Or some you know, it's easy to wake people up from their sleep. But it is very hard to wake people up if they're pretending to sleep. Or let that sink in for a while. It's easy for us to wake people up when they are sleeping. But if you're pretending to sleep, it's very hard. And in a lot of our culture today, in our Pentecostal world, people are pretending. People are pretending. May I request that the word of the Lord will go rare not because he is absent, because he could not find somebody who can speak on behalf of him. And I request that as Samuel was woken up by the presence and the calling of God, that each of us, we have a duty, we have a role to play. And may I request that we understand it is God who is calling us. Of course, it is going to be uncomfortable. Pastor, I want to sleep. I am tired. I let worship for three hours. I am doing my schoolwork. I'm meeting with my friends. I have my my, my my plate is full. Yes, I understand. I understand. But the calling of God is much more greater than any other job that you and me might do in our life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I am thankful that our church is blessed with people working. I'm blessed that our church has people who are in businesses. I am blessed that our church families are in jobs or studying and different. All that is really good. But our priority in our life is to listen to what God is calling us into. And if you deny yourself walking away from the calling of God, you know what? Sometimes you might end up in the belly of the fish. It will be much more uncomfortable if you deny and walk away from the the plan and the callings of God in our life. Understand it, that God is calling us for a greater purpose in this season. Let's look to that. In the in those days, the word of the Lord was very rare. There were not many visions. There were not many visions. Here was what I understand. Your calling is defined as when your gifts and your talents meet the needs of the world. Your calling is defined as When your gifts and your talents meet the needs of our world. What are the gifts in your life? The gifts of the Spirit. The gifts that God has placed in your heart. Some people have a gift of communicating and they are really good in it. Some people have a gift in making friendships. You are really good in it. Some people have a gift of hospitality. You know, you walk into their place, you feel so welcome. Some people, you know, there are different gifts in the body of Christ. There are different gifts that God has placed. And not just standing behind the pulpit and preaching all the time. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Don't just see that, oh, if God calls me, I need to stand on stage and I need to preach a 30 minute message. No, you don't need to. And that's what our culture has promoted us to think that the calling of God is always to elevate yourself on a platform. No, no, before you get to the platform, there are areas where God wants you to be utilized. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I've been involved in pastoral ministry from a very, very young age, very young age. And when I was just 13 years, 14 years, 15 years, and because a lot of our church families came from Hindu background and different religious background, people respected me because even though I was very young, 13, 14, 15, people respected me and was around me because they saw me not just on the platform, they saw me outside of platform. My my early ministry was not just to preach the gospel from the stage, but it was preached outside through my work. I remember there was a time in my life when we just had one bike in my family, my dad's bike. And I used to take that bike, go pick people up, do multiple rounds, pick people, bring them here. Because we were located in a place where it's almost, almost four miles out and away from a public transportation. And people used to walk four miles to get to our church. And they came. No complaints. They came. Before worship, they came. And I see all those families are blessed by God. They are living God's peace. And, and I had to go most of the time when older families used to come two people, three people. Somebody, you know, I mean, if you have ever dro- uh, uh, rode bikes, you would understand triples or, you know, four people sometimes, kids in the front of me. And, you know, just take them and bring them to church and drop them after the service. And then, then the Lord blessed us with an omni van, a pastor's vehicle in India, it's a Omni, Maruti, Maruti. I don't know if you all, some of you from India, you might know, or Maruti, how many of you recognize Omni van? You know, Maruti Omni, it's a pastor's van or a kidnapper's van. So my job was, yes, of course I was a pastor, but was also kidnapping people from the clutches of enemy and bringing them to the saving grace. I didn't want my dad to, you know, go through that, so I let him preach, but I went and I picked people up, three trips, four trips, bringing people from the nearest bus stop, the church filled our van with people multiple times i was not on the platform i was not at all on the platform so calling is not just to elevate yourself to preach a message if you get an opportunity which is really good but there are other areas where you understand where can your gift meet the need of people where where does your gift meet what are your talents If I ask you, what are your talents? What what, what are your gifts that God has placed in you? You would know by yourself. You know, if I have a conversation with someone, people are attracted to me. Can I be hospitable? Can I relate? Can I lead small groups? Can I lead life groups? What are the areas? What are the areas where you can be an effective person, understanding the calling of God in your life? In In a time and age, God called out Samuel's name when the word of the Lord was very rare. Not because God was absent, but simply because Eli could not do it because he was growing old. His children could not take the mantle forward because they were following evil practices. You all know, right? Because not because the word of the Lord was rare, but because there was not somebody to stand up. And I don't want our generation to be a place and a space where the word of God goes uh, uh, unheard because he can't find one Samuel who will wake up to the call. I'm glad Samuel woke up to the call and he went back to, whom did he go back to? He went back to Eli. You have to understand this. The first thing that I mentioned here, your calling is defined as when your gifts and your talents meet the needs of of the world. Number two that I want to mention here is that until I treasure God's voice, I can't hear it. Until I treasure God's voice, I can't hear it. Oftentimes, you know, of course, people tell me, Pastor, I can't hear God's voice. Do you treasure His Word? Do you treasure His Word? Like what is your meditation, scripture meditation look like? In the last week, how many hours have you spent with God's Word? I don't want to put anybody and make you feel guilty about this, but it's an honest question. As a pastor, I I want to encourage myself while I encourage my church, because the priority of our life is taken over by other stuff, other than the Word of God, then there's something that we need to change. How many, How much time have we spent reading God's Word? When you treasure God's voice, you will hear God's Word. And, and, and Samuel, the moment he heard his name called out, what did he do? He ran to Eli, right? And oftentimes, you know, we make Stephen to make effects on the person who is talking like God. And we have an image. We have a thought process. It's like if somebody calls out the, uh, the name of God, it should be a very bassy sound. Samuel, Samuel. Because we have an image that if God talks to us, it should be in that voice. It cannot resemble to the voice of somebody else in our brothers and sisters. It should have that tremble. It should should, should have that voice that is powerful, authoritative, very base. Some will, some will. And only then we will hear. Only then we are focused. But here is... God's voice coming to Samuel's life in the sound of an old Eli. And I'm not sure if Eli is going to call him Samuel, Samuel. No, he's an old man. He'll say, Samuel, Samuel. Very quiet. But what I'm trying to help us understand here is Samuel recognized God's voice through Eli's sound. And that's why it pushed him to Eli. Understand this. Oftentimes, God will speak to us through people around us. Oh, let let us sink in for a while. God will talk to you. Christian, God will talk to you through Benjamin. Do you believe that? God will talk to you through, do you believe that? Praise God. It it will be through friends around you. Let this sink in for a while. Let me just push it. another aspect here. God can talk to you through an unbeliever too. If God wants to use an unbeliever to talk to you, a non-believer to talk to you, he will definitely use them to talk his words into you. If God can use the donkey to talk, he can use anybody to talk. If, can, if God can use a worm to talk to Elijah, he can use anybody. Are you with me? If God can use a veil to talk to Jonah, he can use anybody. Who are you? All he needs, a heart of surrender. Lord, here I am. Speak. I am here to listen. God will oftentimes talk to us through people around us. And so understand that, how many times has God communicated to us, but we reject it because we thought, oh, this, this person, can I hear something good from this person? Oh, that brother, can I hear something from that brother? Oh, this sister, I don't even, I can't hear anything from this sister, any good thing coming out of this sister. How can I? When you treasure God's word, you will hear God's voice through people around you. Through people around you. Number two that I want to mention here is, listen to this very carefully. Oftentimes, your contacts, you know, be careful who your contacts are because your contacts has the ability to either push you to God or push you away from God. Samuel ran quickly to Eli. Eli recognized, of course the three times, I'm not going into detail of the story, but of course after the three times, Eli recognized it could be God who is calling Samuel. And his contact, whose contact? Samuel's immediate contact pushed him to God. My question would be, how many times our immediate contacts has led us, pushed us to God Or pushed us away from God. Are you with me church? Are you with me here? How many times our context has pushed us to God or pushed us away from God? Change your context. Because as a Christian church, you must make sure that the person around you has an energy that can be transferred into your life. And you want to make sure that it has to do something that pushes you, that propels you in the path that God wants to take your life. And I'm glad that Samuel encountered Eli. And Eli at his old old age had the wisdom to let Samuel know, you know what, I know you're waking up in the night. I know, do you, I mean, Samuel, why are you waking me up? You go sleep, man. I am old, I'm tired. Praise the Lord. Do you want me to sing some songs that you can sleep? Do you want to share some stories that you can sleep? Go sleep. But I'm glad after three times of that encounter, Samuel pushed, so Eli pushed Samuel to go closer to God. Are you with me? And that's very crucial in the life of our children, in the life of our people. There's a family that I was visiting from our church. I'm going to take names. And that child has been seeing dreams. The child sees dreams. I'm glad there are people within our congregation whom God is stirring their heart, stirring their gifts. I pray when they rise up, when they grow, they will be visionaries for God. they will dream dreams of God in our generation. I pray that anointing over our children. And the parent told me, and the, and the mom, mom told me, the pastor, this is happening from a couple of days, and he's been seeing dreams. And I said, Thank God for a mom who understands that the dream is no ordinary dream, but it's a dream from God. Are you with me? Recognize that. When you hear something from your children, from people around, brothers, sisters, anybody in the church, recognize, have a discerning spirit that it is not from the world. Sometimes it is from God. And God wants to take them and mold them and build them and use them for His glory. You know what? I have come across a lot of people who have not discerned what God was trying to do in their life. And people have just shut them off completely. And they have been lost forever from God's word, the calling of God. You hear God's voice when you treasure His Word. And His Word is powerful. It has the ability to change everything around. And as we look into that aspect, you have to understand, the first immediate calling, when you hear, who are you, whom are you running to? Who are you running to? Your right contacts will point you towards, towards God. As we look forward, you know, we understand, a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You call me. And, and Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Right? Speak, Lord. Now, number one, let's break that portion that. Number one, speak, Lord. Father God, I want your word, your voice to trump over my emotions. Lord, I want your word and your voice to be above the carnal nature of my flesh. My flesh is weak, but it is your word that I allow to speak into my situation that allows my spirit to be charged up. I see a lot of Pentecostal people who really needs to charge up that spirit man really needs to charge up there what the spirit man our carnal nature has to die down are you with me a flesh has to die down a spirit man has to how pastor how do we how do I charge up my spirit man have you treasured god's word praise the lord hallelujah i need steak and kebab and biryani and all that stuff for my my flesh to have strength. What if I don't eat for two days? I have fasted. The the longest I have fasted was for 21 days straight, and I was um, 17 years old, and I felt so good and charged up in my spirit. My question would be, how many times have you fasted from the worldly stuff to charge up your inner stuff? And your inner man doesn't need food. He doesn't care about what biryani you ate yesterday, what dosa you made today. He doesn't care about that. But what scriptures? How much you have treasured God's word, and that's what need, is needed in our life. Each of us. Let this be a warning, then. Let this be a suggestion to us to understand in our life and understand in our situation that we must be a child of God who encourages and helps our spirit man to grow. What you don't feed will starve. Oh Jesus, praise the Lord! Feed your faith, and your fears will starve. Feed your spiritual man and your carnal man will starve. And as a child of God, flesh has to die. Spirit man has to be regained. And find its energy through this reading of his scriptures. And Samuel said, the first word is, speak Lord. Speak Lord. I am here. Speak Lord. I want your word to trump over my desires. I want your word to supersede over my emotional nature. I want your word to come alive in the, in the weakness of my flesh. I want your word. I don't know how many of you under my voice today would say, God, speak over my life. Speak over my life. Because your word has the power to change situations. Come on, somebody. Your word, Lord, and your word alone can change situations around. And I need your word are you being anxious this season in your life have you been filled with anxiety this season in your life ask the Lord Lord speak over my anxiousness speak over my anxiety have you been in a place of being you're filled with fear ask the Lord Lord fill my life with your spirit charge of my soul oh Lord speak into my fear and I declare in the name of Jesus there is no weapon formed against you that can ever take you down because the word of God is a promise that surrounds you. And that's what we see in Samuel. He said, Lord, here I am. Amen. First, I need you to speak over my life. Oh, come on somebody. I want you to speak over my life. You know what? How many times have you rejected God's word? Today, go back to his meditation and go back and let God know God. I want you to speak over my life. Speak. I am listening. I am listening. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm challenging, I don't know, I mean, I've been pushed and, and, and encouraged by God in the recent couple of weeks to spend more hours in prayer. I'm not saying this because I'm doing it, but I'm saying this because I want my church also to tap into that. You know, in, in everything, I was with our young married couple's uh, spark night that we have. On Friday night, I was with Sean and family and as we were there, we were discussing a lot of stuff and we were mentioning about certain things and one of the things that we have to mention there as we were talking was, in the garden of Eden, in the garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve all the trees that they could eat. But he said, give one back to me. Understand this, the principle of tithing you see in the garden of Eden. Are you with me? In the garden of Eden, you see the principle of tithing. You see all the trees, you can have it. Just one, you give it back to me. Just one, don't touch it. Just one, Ishmael. And what did man do? Even the one. And that's why in Malachi it would say that you are robbing God. When we don't give what belongs to God, you are taking his portion from our life. Are you with me, church? In a daily life, in a daily life, if you have 24 hours, If you're twenty, I know our life schedule is busy with a lot of stuff, but I'm challenging my stuff. I don't know why I've been pushed personally to spend more quiet time in God's presence. I want my church also to understand. We live in a very crucial time. We live in a very crucial time, and I want us to know the spirit man has to be strengthened. The spirit man has to be strengthened. My suggestion is, take. Not, I'm not talking about your family prayers I'm talking about your personal prayer. Amen. Personal reading of your scripture is very important. Amen. Personal reading of God's word is very important that does not mean that we take we roll through Isaiah uh, 42 here is my servant whom I applaud and tomorrow I read psalm no 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 have an attitude of reading through the books, each of it, each of it. I'm helping some of you understand. If you're reading through Psalms, you can read one chapter a day, not a problem. But if you're reading through the epistles, the writings of Paul, don't do one chapter. Try to finish it in one sitting. If you do the letter, just imagine if I have written a love letter to Anisha. She reads the first paragraph today. She reads the second paragraph tomorrow she reads the third paragraph on the third day does it make sense does it make will it make sense because you have lost the continuity of what my heart was saying in that moment are you with me praise the lord so the writings of paul when you read read it in one sitting finish it off because there is something god will speak to you in those in those scriptures are you with me are you with me? So, each of God's word, when we take, there are different rules. Now, if you play football, there are rules to play football. I don't take the rules of cricket and play. Do I do that? No. There are rules of reading each part of the book as we read. I'm not going into that details, but I want to encourage our church. Have a personal. Is my preaching okay today? Am I encouraging some of us? Have a personal reading time. And 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 recently, yesterday, John Wargis was sharing certain things, and because I said, my Sunday school teacher, he might be watching online, but I, I messaged him the other day, so I don't care anymore. <laughs> my Sunday school teacher, you know, he went back. Uh, they were my teachers, the, mine and Ashish's. We were all in the Sunday school class. Uh, went back to back into the Orthodox faith. And I'm like, what on earth? You taught us. He was pastoring a church, good Church of God Church, Church of God Organizations Church in Bangalore, India. He went back to his Orthodox faith and he was anointed and back into his services and stuff. I'm like, what on earth is happening? What I'm suggesting is have a personal time with God. Don't let your faith be wavered because you hear from junk outside on social media. Don't trust on social media all the time. In this house, as a pastor, God has appointed me in this church for this season. And I know with great responsibility and fear, I have taken this role to be a pastor in this house. And I'm requesting you. I'm requesting. There's a lot of conversations and preachings happening on social media. I will ask you to pause it if it is not benefiting you. There is one pastor in this house and I'm preaching God's word. And there is, of course, on the Malayalam service, we have another man of God who comes and preaches. We have other brothers from our church who are preaching. I don't want our doctrines to be adulterated here. To be mixed with anything else other than God's word. And I feel that I have a responsibility and I take it with great fear when I stand here. And I know the pressure of God over my life. Because when I stand here, I don't want to just do it because I just want to kill time for 40 minutes and just wind up and get away. But I want to know that our generation will wake up from their sleep. A generation will wake up from their sleep. I mentioned yesterday, I mentioned in our Malayalam service this morning. I was ta- spending time with one of our youth and I'm, I'm glad to have that conversation. I will pay for your lunch and dinner. Call me, I will come. Sit down with you. And last week I was with one of our youth, and he said, Pastor, I've been reading from Genesis. I completed Genesis, Exodus, and I'm on numbers right now. I'm glad. I'm glad he is doing or she is doing that. And he said, Pastor, after I finished reading for 30 minutes, I worship in tongues for the next 30 to 40 minutes. My, you know what? My eyes were filled when I heard that. I encourage some of our church. I want us to have that conviction. Lord, if I am a child of God, I will be a good child of God. I don't want to be a bad child of God. Sometimes in our generation today, bad is good. No, you want to be a good child of God. I want to be a good child of God when I portray the characters of being a good child of God. What is the calling in your life? When your gifts and your talents meet the needs of the world around us. What are the needs around us? Look around our world. What are the needs where you can place yourself? And you can be like, Lord, I see that need. I'm going to step in. I see this need in this person's life. I'm going to step into that. I see the need in my community. I'm going to step into that. Because I know my oh, the needs in my world is met by the gifts God has placed in us. And a lot of us, we are treasuring our gift. And we don't want to lose that. We want to hold on to our gift. Unless you share your gift, you have no joy. And that's about the spiritual gift I'm talking about. Unless you release your gift, there's no joy. You remember the lady who came at the feet of Jesus with a very expensive perfume? What did she do? She was holding on to that perfume. Her perfume was something that gave value to her as a lady. Perfume was passed on from generation to generation when a new uh, um, uh, wife uh, uh, comes into the house. The mother-in-law, the mother-in-law, or the mother-in-love, or the mother-in-grace, will give, come on somebody, I'm giving some ideas to people today. <laughs> will give this expensive perfume as a signature that now you become part of our family. And this is a family line. And mind it, that expensive was around $40,000 that she broke at the feet of Jesus. Very expensive perfume one-of-a-kind perfume that was the prized possession gift that she had. And she safeguarded it in that alabaster jar. But she broke it. And when she broke it, that's when she received her blessings. My suggestion here is, God has placed gifts in your life, talents in your life. Use it for His glory. Samuel heard the voice of God at a time and age when the word of the Lord was very rare, simply because, not because God was absent, there was not any not a person who could hear and carry forward the word of God. I want to be a Samuel. And I pray Samuels will wake up from the sleep in our generation, in our generation. Calling of God makes you very uncomfortable. Nobody wants to follow God in their sleep. I want to read another scripture portion. I'm going to wind up right after. Is it okay? Okay, Matthew chapter four, verses 18 to 21 is another portion, a beautiful portion. I love the the scripture so much. It is the ministry of Jesus, right? So this is how it goes. As Jesus, I'm reading from Matthew chapter four, verse 18 to 21. It goes, as Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Jesus said, Come, follow me, and I will send you to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat, and the father, Followed them. I want you to understand in this scripture that we just read, there are some similarities in both the people, both the groups. We read from the first people were Simon and his brother Andrew, and the next was James and his brother John. And we see here in James and you know, Andrew, we see in the story here what happens that when the moment Jesus called, what were they doing? Both of them, what were they doing? Huh? They were fishing or they were mending their net. They had a good catch the previous night or they were tired, whatever the story is. But now they are, you know, repairing or mending their net. They were working in the area where God called them, right? Number two similarity. When they heard God's voice, what they did, they left what had to be left behind. You have to understand something very important. In this journey, you cannot take everything with you leave behind what has to be left behind oh jesus praise the lord i want to hold on to everything i want to hold on to my dogs i want to hold on to my car i want to hold on to my house my jewelry everything no you can't you got to leave i'm just using examples here but leave what is not valuable in your life leave to follow leave to follow and for peter and john or james and andrew of the early disciples of Jesus, what they left was their basic livelihood. They were the sole breadwinners of their family and they left what was not meant to be in their life for something God was calling them into. Are you understanding this? They are made uncomfortable here. Lord, we have a 40-hour job. I have a 60-hour job. I am good. I'm all good. I have my insurance paying off my bills and everything is so perfect and good. But w- w- you are me to step out in faith. I don't under- I don't get it. I don't understand this. It's not happening with me. I can't do it. That's what I'm saying. The calling of God will make you very uncomfortable. Make you very uncomfortable. Leave what is not necessary to step into what God is wanting taking into. Oh the calling of God will make you very uncomfortable. When I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, and when I decided to be a pastor, when I, are you going, uh, like your father, are you going to beg from people? This is what I heard when I accepted the call of ministry for my life. My, my family members rejected and they pushed us out. You know, are you going to be like, a, like a, you know, a beggar on the streets, a homeless man on the streets as a pastor? And I am standing here today, just the grace of God. Amen. Callings make you uncomfortable. It'll make you uncomfortable. You will hear from people, it makes you uncomfortable. But I know there is something before me that the Lord wants to take me. I was meeting with another pastor, and I see all the fulfillment of his prophecies over my life coming into existence. And when I accepted God's call in my life, he said, Pastor Justin, I will take you to nations that you have never heard in your geography lessons. And of course, he is so far, you know, God has been opening doors. Last week, I had received, I received an invitation from, for a conference in Nepal. I received an invitation for a conference in, um, see, I forgot the country's name. But received invitations to preach at places that I thought I could never. It is the hand of God. What I'm saying is, uncomfortable situations will teach us to just rely on God. In your life today, uh, is God making your life a little uncomfortable? Is He pushing you into, what are you leaving behind? What are you leaving behind to step into what God is asking you to do? It could be our ego it could be that carnal, fleshy nature. It could be the things that we used to do that doesn't glorify God. But what am I doing? What, am I, what is pushing me to come closer to God? I started the scripture this morning by reading from 1 Samuel. And it was about in a time and age, chapter 3, verse 1, when the word of the Lord was very rare, Samuel stepped in. Can we all rise up? And I pray... As we heard from God's voice and word, and as we heard from him, I pray that each of us will be convicted. I want us to be convicted. I'm praying, Lord, prick our hearts today. Push us. Push us into those areas that it will deliberately make us to be a good child of God. That we will have and we will treasure God's word in our life so that we will hear him audibly in our life when my gifts and my talents meet the need of the world around me it's when i have stepped into my my calling and a lot of us i'm sure gathered in this room you might say pastor i am not qualified i am not worthy god doesn't call the worthy he calls the willing he leads the willing are you willing today Pastor, I am not worthy of it. But are you willing? Are you willing? If you are, He will lead you. Pastor, I am not qualified. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that's the blessing of our God. Peter and John had nothing to do with the pulpit ministry. But it is the grace of God when they stepped into, you might be unqualified for this work. But when you step into, are you willing to step into? Are you willing to leave what is not needed? Are you willing to step into? That's when I'm going to see God's work being done through you. When your gifts and your talents meet the needs of the world around you, you will be a world changer. You will change and you will shake the world upside down. Only if you are willing, my brother. He qualifies the call. Today I know all of us are called, but few are chosen. You and me are remaining in this room today because we are chosen by God. And in my generation, I declare that Samuel will arise. Samuels will arise. They will wake up from their sleep. Father, I pray, make us uncomfortable. Make us uncomfortable. The calling of God is very uncomfortable. The uncomfortable... Calling of God. As we sing a song, as we worship God, I'm gonna read Romans chapter 1, verse 1. And this is how it goes: Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Just read that. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God, called to be an apostle. Your calling will specify your work for his kingdom each of you each of you here number two set apart for the gospel and i declare when samuel will arise here when each of our people will wake up from their slumber i pray that god will wake us up and you have to understand samuel was the mediator between the judges and the king i pray samuels will arise in our generation in our community Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, set me apart for your work. Set me apart for your work. I know the Spirit of God is moving in this place. I don't want to rush it. Take moments in your life. Just understand, Lord, make me uncomfortable. Make me uncomfortable. I don't want to end like this. It doesn't, it can't end like this. Make me uncomfortable, Lord, that I step into what you have called me into. That my life will transform people around me. That through, through the, my work, O oh Lord, I will see multitudes coming to the saving grace of Jesus. And I speak a prayer of impartation over my people right now. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that people will wake from their sleep and stand up for gospel. And I pray, God, that your spirit man will be charged up because they value your scriptures, they treasure your word, and they will hear your voice, O oh Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.